0: Introducing Force Factor Fundamentals. Exclusively at The Vitamin Shop, these men's health essentials have clinically studied ingredients like biopurine for enhanced absorption. Yohimbine, pine bark, and L-arginine can help you strengthen blood flow and heighten passion with doses that may bring you the results you crave. Now you can save 20% on Force Factor, including the fundamentals, at The Vitamin Shop. Get these men's health game changers in your life at any The Vitamin Shop store or vitaminshop.com.
1: You are listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Mile High Huddle's Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked
0: by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsay is in. Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig, he's not, they call a Touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside.
1: Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, no offense. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fitt takes it in. Touchdown, Denver.
2: The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And so, caught touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth
1: career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And
0: now. Here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you
2: exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercise the demons.
1: This house is clear. Okay, and we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, Powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, as we watch the Kansas City Chiefs advance to the first Super Bowl in 50 years for them, and then watching the San Francisco 49ers as we speak, lambasting Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, you just can't help but wonder what could have been if John Elway – in that fork in the road in which he ultimately decided he, he interviewed three coaches in this in January twenty of twenty seventeen, ended up going, of course, with Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan. You gotta wonder what could have yeah. been had he just connected the dots and arranged <laughs> the stars, I think, of the way the football fates probably intended them. I
2: said it to myself tonight while watching the game chat. How do you take Vance Joseph over this guy? You had a chance to have Kyle Shanahan and Wade Phillips on one coaching staff, and you get rid of both those guys and discard both of them to hire Vance Joseph. Just the way that things work out, I I respect Kyle Shanahan a lot. What he's done with that team the last couple years, turned a uh, pretender into a Super Bowl caliber team that's going to be playing in the big game. So it's uh, for the Broncos, though, you have Kyle Shanahan on one end, and then you have the Chiefs. Making the first Super Bowl in fifty years. This cannot feel good for Elway and company, but we can only hope the Broncos will get back to the mountaintop fairly soon.
1: You have to still wonder, though, like not to make excuses for Elway, but without a bona fide quarterback, you—I you, mean, we, you saw what Shanahan could do without a bona fide quarterback, and that is, you know, picking the top five two years straight. I'm not making excuses for Elway and I'm not trying to diminish the job that Kyle Shanahan has done because he stacked block on top of block over those two years with the draft and free agency and was finally able to blow the doors down this year. There's a lot of pieces to that puzzle, but still that first two years that he was in San Francisco, it showed that without a quarterback, you can only get so far, which is something we know of course, to be true in the NFL. When he, would have arrived in, in January of 2017. He would have had Paxton Lynch. He would have had Trevor Simeon. I do wonder if he would have made, maybe have been able to, to make a little lemonade with Paxton Lynch and salvage that first-round pick. But knowing what we know about Paxton, Zach, probably not.
2: I mean, here's the thing about shannon He turned Garoppolo into a handoff quarterback. It's all he does is hand the ball off, and he's still winning going to the big game by not really having a quarterback making plays. it I, I said this before, and I haven't said it for a while, chat, but it all comes down to coaching in the end. It really does. It's coaching, coaching, coaching. When you have Kyle Shanahan on that sideline, you have Robert Salah as a defensive coordinator. You have a really good coaching staff. You turned a team that was a laughingstock a couple years ago into a Super Bowl appearance into a possible champion beating the Chiefs in a couple weeks. So they have the coaching staff. We can only hope the Broncos made the right call finally. And Vic Fangio, he can probably get the Broncos back into that,
1: that realm. It was kind of surreal seeing the Kansas City Chiefs finally advance to a Super Bowl after so many tries. You know, you hate seeing the Chiefs. <clears throat> if you're a Broncos fan, you really hate seeing the Chiefs make it to the big dance. You know, for Andy Reid, though, he's he's coached so long in the league as a head coach, he's not ever quite been able to get over the hump. He had one opportunity in the Super Bowl. What was that, 04. 4 uh, the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New England Patriots. But it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this, man, you know, uh, maniacal momentum that they have. I mean, it's mania heading into yep. this Super Bowl. It's looking like it's going to be the Niners by a mile and uh, could end up being a, a game that sets up for some fireworks I think it's going to be a really close, hard-fought
2: game. I, I think the Niners' defense has what it takes to hold down Mahomes, but Mahomes is so uh, otherworldly, Chad, that he can overcome any scheme. He's scheme-resistant, so whoever I think has the last possession, whoever makes the most plays on both sides of the ball, not really great inside analysis there, but I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Much better than last year's Super Bowl, Chad. I'm just happy for once. It's not the Patriots in the big game Change it up a little bit, and one of these teams is going to be a deserving champion in a couple
1: weeks. Guys, we still we have plenty of Bronco topics that we want to get to today, including uh, what Pat Shermer had to say in his first public remarks as Broncos OC. First, just a couple of quick matters of business. You guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Pod. That is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And then if you haven't done so, when you get some time, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a creative review. And if you like what Zach and I are doing, a five-star rating. It's a great organic way to help support the show, and it enters you into our monthly drawing. You might get a hat. You might get some swag, a shirt, whatever it might be. We randomly select a couple of names out of the hat of those who reviewed the show in that previous calendar month. Send them out some
0: swag. So take care of that business.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast
0: Network.
1: Simply Safe home security is like getting commercial grade enterprise level security, but for your own home. Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime, and that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard the inside of your home. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24-7 by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself with no tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you. And it's only $0.50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com overtime today to get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to save on home security today. S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash overtime. All right, Zach. Pat Shermer we wondered whether or not they were going to put him in front of the media with an open press conference. Ultimately, I mean, you never know. They could still choose to do it next week, but it doesn't feel like they're going to do that. But what they did do is they put Pat Shermer in front of fans by way of Broncos TV. Phil Milani of Broncos TV uh, grabbed him in a hallway at Dove Valley and was able to ask him four or five questions. But there were two revelations from that conversation that I wanted to get your take on, and then, of course, we want to find out what our great listeners and viewers in real time think on this as well. But we've wondered how much or why or what what the Giants, I should say, evaluation was on Drew Locke last year because, of course, he ended up slipping to the second round. The Broncos traded up, grabbed him at pick 42. But going into that draft, he was viewed almost across the board by draft Knicks as a first-round caliber quarterback. Many uh, draft picks viewed him as a top 10 caliber quarterback. So when the New York giants went on the clock and ultimately selected Daniel Jones, it was suffice to say a bit of a surprise, not just that it was Daniel Jones, but that it wasn't Locke and that it wasn't Dwayne Haskins that Jones went before either of those two quarterbacks. He was asked Shermer by Phil Milani, how much, or did they scout drew Locke in last year's draft? Let me quote this for you real quick. Here's Shermer quote. We did. Obviously we were in the market for a quarterback last year and we had a very, very high opinion of Drew. We did a lot of work on him. We were very certain that he was going to have an outstanding career. He's got a bright future and I'm really looking forward to being able to work with him. Close quote. Zach, there's been apocryphal reports. It's hard to know exactly what's the truth on this. I'm keeping my ear low to the floor to try and get to the truth, but I'm thinking we probably never will get the full truth, but there's two different stories. One is that it was Gettleman that strong armed it, that Shermer wanted luck, and Gettleman ended up being the final say as the GM, taking Jones. But there's also, I've heard more recently that both Shermer and Gettleman were on the same page with Jones being the pick there. But your thoughts on what he had to say about luck? I mean, it's interesting. We'll never really know the truth, I believe,
2: like you said, Chad. It's, it's going to be he said, she said, and then the GM's going to have final say. But I'm sure as a quarterback whisperer, I'm sure someone who has obviously a lot of investment in the offense, he liked Drew Locke as a prospect. It might be an organ- organizational decision, kind of like the Broncos trading up for Paxton Lynch a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, he likes who he likes, but I think it worked out in the end. He got to coach up Daniel Jones. He did a decent job with him, and he spun that into a job with the Broncos. And now he gets to coach the guy that – based on some reports that he won all along. So it, for Shermer it works out. And I think for Locke, it worked out to get a bona fide quarterback coach.
1: So all's well, ends well. Jeff, we're going to grab your super chat here in just one second. There was something else he said, Shermer, about Drew Locke. Let me grab this here. When, when he was asked basically about what his offensive philosophies are, et cetera, he said, quote, I think we've got to take a good look at the players that we have. We've got to make sure we're doing the things that they do well. Obviously, the development of our young quarterback is going to be critical as we move forward, and really all of our players need to improve individually and then certainly do it as a group so that we can score points and help us win games, close quote. But Zach, to say that the development of our young quarterback is going to be critical while also saying we need to do the things that our offensive personnel does well that's music. That should be music to the ears of every Broncos fan because you know, you're getting an offensive coordinator who recognizes how important Drew Locke is to the ultimate future and destiny of this franchise while also being a schemer that's going to tailor things that fit the strengths of this unit. It's true. And
2: that's that's the best case scenario. And that's kind of why I'm coming around on the streamer hire, Chad. You finally get a guy a little bit. I'm still want to see how he does in in real time on the on the gridiron and practice, what have you, throughout the offseason. But it's part of the reason why I'm coming around on it because you're getting a guy who has as much skin in the game as possible. You're not getting uh, a bad retrade. You're not getting a rookie up and coming. You're getting a guy who not only has experience and a and a well rounded resume, he's getting a guy who wanted to coach Drew Locke and he's getting his chance. And not only coaching Drew Locke now, but coaching him when the Broncos are taking a new step out, a new era, a new day for this franchise. They're they're turning a corner and I think putting themselves back on the NFL map in terms of relevancy. So I like that in the sense that he finally gets his man, and I think it'll benefit the Broncos hopefully in the long run.
1: I'm not sure what Jeff's speaking to here. This is the first I've heard of this really being a a movement or a – anything within Broncos country. But thank you also, Jeff, for the $5 donation on Super Chat. We would really appreciate you, brother. He says, can we put the myth to bed of Elway uh, packaging Locke and some picks to Cincinnati for Joe Burrow? This just seems Uh, ludicrous. It is ludicrous. It's not going to happen. Drew Locke (laughs) is the guy, for better or worse. Drew Locke is the guy going to 2020. I happen to think it's for better, Zach, but the idea of the Broncos selling out to try and go get Joe Burrow when they've already landed on Drew Locke, no. it's, it's just not realistic.
2: Where is this myth even starting? I never heard this for one second. And in fact, a report came out today that said the Bengals are not trading the number one overall pick. The Broncos can offer five first round future first round draft picks. It's not going to happen. They have their quarterback. The Bengals will have their quarterback and you have to go onward with the guy you selected. And that's why you hired the coach and Shermer to get the most out of lock going
0: forward.
1: All right. We've got the comments coming in hot and heavy. And while, we uh, figure out what's next here. Let me just talk about this. One other thing Shermer had to say. It was kind of interesting. I did a written report on this at milehighhuddle.com. You guys go check it out when you get a minute. But he talked about how much respect he has, Shermer for Vic Fangio and how in the very recent past he tried to make it so that they could, quote, unquote, work together. Here's what he said, quote, well, I've got a very high opinion of Vic, obviously. When you're on the offensive side of the ball – guys that are hard to score against, guys that play great defense, guys that can stop the run, put pressure on the quarterback, all the things you admire about a defensive coordinator. And beyond that, I admire him as a coach and as a person. Zach, I tried to get it so that we could work together once before here recently, and it didn't happen, and fortunately, now it did happen, close quote. Now, if we go back before he joined the Denver Broncos, Zach, the most likely there, there were two opportunities he might have had to join Pat Shermer. The first of course was following the his dismissal from the Jim Tom Sula led San Francisco 49ers in the spring of 2015. That was the last time he was truly a free agent, a coach who could seek any opportunity, no longer under contract. He ultimately um, signed with and was hired by the Chicago bears under John Fox the only record I can find, including the press releases, including all my research, the only other team he interviewed with that year were the Washington Redskins. Meanwhile, in 2015, Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator of uh, Chip Kelly's Philadelphia Eagles, went on to become the interim head coach when they fired Kelly later on in that year. So I don't see that as being this time that Shermer tried to make the two you know points connect. The only other thing I can think of, Zach, is when um, John Fox was fired, at the end of the 2017 season and in 28 or was it 20, yeah, 2018, at the beginning of the year, when you had Matt Nagy come in, he kind of bucked convention and chose to keep the previous regime's defensive coordinator on. Vic Fangio stayed in Chicago, but at that same time is when Shermer took the head coaching job for the New York Giants. And I have to wonder if maybe before Fangio ultimately accepted the offer to stay in Chicago under Nagy, if he might have been allowed to explore other options. And perhaps that's when Shermer tried to get him to New York to be the defensive coordinator, and it later went to James Betcher, who became the D.C. there. Yeah, that very well could be
2: it, Chad. I'm going to file this under what else is he going to say, though. I mean, this is just a guy, an assistant now, talking up his new boss in Vic Fangio. And it just shows you how well-regarded, though, Fangio was around the league during his tenure in Chicago, during his tenure with the Niners. And dating back, he's a football lifer, and I'm sure Shermer lives working under him now. And there's a mutual respect among the coaching ranks, and it's just uh, it's a good relationship to have. At least he has a better understanding with Shermer than he did with Scangarello, because that wasn't a very
0: healthy
1: marriage.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs>
0: At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more.
2: Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver?
1: Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya! Quédense tranquilas.
0: Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un fileo fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar, válido para un producto de igual o menor valor.
1: All right, let's see what is on the minds of our great listeners here. The uh, comment stream is hot and heavy. Oh, Zach. Hey, guys, I just got my shirt this morning. I'm wearing it right nice. now. Thank you. Attaboy. We appreciate you, Zach. Let's see here. Albert. Good name, too. Do we need a different strength and conditioning coach? This is a six yes. point because Zach and I have been critical of Lauren Landau, the two seasons he's been in Denver. We haven't been too impressed with the job he's done from a preserving and maintaining health perspective. But at this stage – you're now three weeks into January. It doesn't seem like that's going to be an imminent change coming.
2: And we didn't think that about Scangarello either, so we just have to True. wait and see what's going to happen with the coaching staff. I'm with you, though, Chad. I don't think it's going to happen. I think for whatever reason, the Broncos and the Broncos players are very close with Landau. But, yeah, I mean, hashtag lower body injuries. It's been the last thing the last couple of years, over and over and over again, a repeat pattern. And, you know, the first season I can really discount it. The second season, though, I don't know about that. So we're going to have to see if uh, – if they can just avoid that this this year and the injury bucket, stay away from Denver.
1: Buana Beast says, I'm happy for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I'm not too happy for Emmanuel Sanders though, because it pushes our picks back to the end of the draft. And that's a fair point and a good observation, Buana Beast, because the Broncos traded away, of course, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders earlier in the season, the later the Niners pick, you know, on that's going to be the later the Broncos picking that uh, was a fourth rounder I think they got back for Sanders. So that is a salient point. But you got to be happy for Kyle and uh, John Lynch
2: and Emmanuel Sanders too. What a good luck charm he is, Chad, with the Steelers, with the Broncos, and now with the Niners. He's always going to the big game So you know, good player. He wanted out and wanted a fresh start, and he got one with the be- I think one of the best teams in the NFL. So I'm happy for all three players and, and coaches.
1: Daryl, welcome. I'm glad uh, we're glad to have you here. Kind of an odd time, obviously. On Sundays, we usually go right at six the same night pretty much or same time every night when we podcast for Huddle Up. But uh because of the championship games, we originally were gonna push it back and just wait till the end of this NFC title game. But when it became non-competitive, I mean, you got the Packers who have narrowed the margin to two scores now with five and a half minutes, five and three quarter minutes to go. I still don't think that's gonna change, but we ended up deciding to cut it a little sooner so we could Uh, reach more of you because by the time you get to eight mountain time it's 10 on the east coast people have jobs people have lives they got to get to stuff Dre says hey if we get rugs it opens up everything from the playbook to uh to take pressure off of sutton and better running lanes listen henry rugs is a very attractive prospect for the broncos sitting at pick 15 but again the closer we've gotten to the draft we're still a long ways away so this is a this is an opinion that could continue to evolve on my part, the less inclined I am to go for a a wide receiver at pick 15 because it's such a deep class. But still, Ruggs, he's, he's an impressive young wideout. He is, and it just kind of underscores the Broncos' need, though, Chad,
2: at wide receiver, too. They need a speed demon, and I think Ruggs is one of the best in the class. If he's there at 15, I think the Broncos would think long and hard about it, but they have other needs, cornerback, linebacker, offensive tackle. They could go a variety of different ways here, but they're going to take a receiver, I believe, within the first couple rounds. They need it desperately in this Pat Schirmer offense.
1: What's your take on this philosophy? This is something that was kind of pioneered by Mile High Huddle's own uh, Trevor Judge, Over the weekend, a a tweet that kind of went viral on social media. Tony here says, if you want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, you aren't a real Broncos fan. The idea that if you're a real fan of the Broncos, Zach, you cannot uh, root for a division rival to win it all. What's your take on that, generally speaking? I don't think
2: fandom comes down to that, Chad, but I don't subscribe to the logic where, oh, let's root for the Chiefs because they represent the AFC West. I mean, if you are you hate the Chiefs, you hate the Chiefs root against them, but it doesn't look the Wests look better. It makes the Broncos look worse because they're not in the game and because the Chiefs just own the division now. But I don't think uh, if you want the Chiefs to beat the Niners, it makes you less of a Broncos fan. It just makes you, you know, your preference.
1: This is a good question, Larry. I'm not sure. Would this be the first time that a father and son have both – served as the head coach of a Super Bowl team. Of course, Mike Shanahan, and it's increasingly looking like it's going to be Kyle Shanahan coaching in the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not sure on that, Zach. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. It very well could be, but I'm not I'm not positive on that. I'd have to give that some thought.
2: I mean, my first thought was uh, Bum and, and Wade Phillips, but Wade was never a coach of
1: a Super Bowl team. He was just a head coach, but he wasn't a Super Bowl coach. But that was the only thought right. I had. That's true. And Bum... To my knowledge, Bum never got to the Super Bowl with the Houston Oilers, but I could be – I'm not I'm not 100% up to speed on the entirety of Bum Phillips' coaching resume, though I did read Son of Bum, Wade Phillips' book, which is a phenomenal read that I recommend to each and every Broncos fan out there because it chronicles that 2015 season, also tells the backstory of the Phillips family, Son of Bum, Wade himself, Bum and him, and it's 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 definitely worth a read. Josh jumps in, two dollar donation on Super Chat. He says, It's also a Kyle Shanahan revenge mm. game after twenty-eight to three, the too Super soon. Bowl. Right? Way, Super way Bowl. too soon. It's, yeah. but it's not the Patriots, so could it really be revenge? I think, though, I, he he
2: it's got to be in his mind, Chad. That's a historic loss. He had egg on his face for a couple seasons after that. He wants to get back to the big dance, and I think he wants to conquer that demon. And I think he will. I think you know, he had a really good chance, and I think that's still in the back of his mind, even though it's not the Patriots.
1: Cobra Commander brings up a, an interesting point. He says, I just don't want to see the Chiefs win. I don't know what's worse, though, watching the Pats win or the Chiefs. Me, personally, as just a fan of football, Listen, we've got our allegiances to the Denver Broncos. That is what it is. But as a fan of football, Zach, I'm kind of just happy that it's any other team yep, than the that's Patriots right. at this stage. Yeah. It's time for new blood to permeate the NFL. And not just that, two of the best coaching staffs in the NFL, two of the best
2: quarterbacks, the young quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, it's just exciting for an NFL fan to watch. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make you any less of a Broncos fan if you're you know you're excited to see the Chiefs play the Niners in the Super Bowl. You're just a fan of football, and that's gonna be a really good game a couple Sundays from now.
1: Manny Wise on YouTube says, I do not believe that coaching that the coaching decision was made by Elway, especially since the following offseason. He wanted to fire Vance Joseph and bring in Mike Shanahan. This That decision has Ellis written all over it. Manny, I hate to uh, contradict you, but listen, John Elway at that point still had a lot of cachet with regard to Joe Ellis. Yeah. He was just coming off. He was two years removed from winning the Super Bowl. Gary Kubiak stepped down. He wasn't fired. I mean, Gary Kubiak led the Broncos to a 9-7 and finish the year after the Super Bowl with freaking Trevor Simeon, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. The future was looking good. All Elway's moves were looking good at that point, with the exception of maybe the Paxton Lynch pick. But even then, Joe Ellis had no idea what the future would hold in terms of the magnitude of a bust that Paxton Lynch would turn out to be. I think he had pretty much autonomy, Elway did, to make those coaching decisions in the spring, in, in January, I should say, of 2017. It was on him to choose Vance Joseph, over Kyle Shanahan. And Zach, when he was going through the hiring process with, with Vic Fangio, after that hire was made, he talked about how during that coaching cycle he ended up interviewing five candidates for the head coaching job this last time around, and he really wanted to take his time. And the biggest thing, Zach, and this is what permeated his his view of it in 2017, he didn't want to go into these interviews with preconceived notions like he did with Vance Joseph. The Broncos wanted Vance Joseph, Elway I should say, Wanted Vance Joseph as early as 2015 when Gary Kubiak was hired. They tried to hire VJ to be the defensive coordinator before Wade Phillips, and Cincinnati blocked it. So he had that in his head. You want to call it a preconceived notion, whatever. He already had an extremely high opinion of Vance Joseph, and I think Zach he regrets allowing that to color his his decision making because it allowed one of the best young coaches in the league to and an offensive one to boot slip away. Chad, that's a great point, and I think
2: that proves in itself that it was Elway's call to hire Vance Joseph, and like you said, he consolidated a lot of power back then. He was still the egotastic Elway that we come to uh, to brand him as. Maybe not in the last couple seasons, he's taken a look in the mirror, but back then, that was his call. El- Ellis, even though his title was above him, he pretty much worked underneath him. Elway ran that ship, and to an extent, he still does. I believe... There's theories out there as to why he hired Vance over Kyle Shanahan. He was still mad about Mike Shanahan, this and that, but that was 100%, I believe, Elway's call, and he fell in love with Vance Joseph and thought he was the best man for the job, and obviously we know now that he wasn't.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. John Elway still has a lot of respect for Vance Joseph, thinks he's a good man, but obviously was way in over his head. Now, Spicy Mike wants to know on YouTube, would you rather draft LaVisca Chenault, the Colorado wideout, or Henry Ruggs III from Alabama? Zach, if push Mm. came to shove, which one do you like better? I mean, as
2: prospects, I like Rugs better, but I think if you can wait or trade down into the first round and get Chennault, I would do that. Or I, I wouldn't trade up for Rugs, like you mentioned. It's a very deep wide receiver class, but I believe as prospects, Ruggs fits this offense better. I believe he's he's quicker, he's in and out of the breaks faster. I think he would mesh with the Shermer offense and a quarterback like Locke immediately. As to where Chennault has some injury concerns, and I think he would take a little longer to adapt to this offense in the NFL game. So. Come down to it, I wouldn't mind either, but I'm taking risks.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 15 minutes could save you
2: 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh,
0: actually Geico. Whenever
1: someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying.
0: The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money.
2: Geico?
1: Yeah, they were our team sponsor.
2: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
1: Agreed. And if it does come down to or end up being Chanel, I'm going to be stoked because he's a, he's one of those receivers that can really open things up in terms of not necessarily the straight line speed that a Rugs has, but you can use him in the screen game. He's a guy that can take a curl or a slant, break one tackle, and to the house his open field ability with the ball in his hands is phenomenal. Yep, that's right, Christy. I've, I've got my trusty Red Bull sugar-free. Good to go. All right, let's see what else we got here from Jerry. The mindset of truly following through with players, to with playing to players' strengths is something to get excited about. Daniel Jones was made to look pretty good that way starting the season. My only – I mean, Daniel Jones definitely had his rookie moments. Zach, with, with Shermer and, and Mike Shula. However, and, and I think the, the – The biggest thing was he was a little careless with the ball, 24 touchdown passes, which is phenomenal, 12 interceptions. And that doesn't, of course, speak to all of his strips and the fumbles. And, you know, he just put the ball on the ground too many times. But you expect some of that, a lot of that from a rookie quarterback. But ultimately, yeah, it was a clinic on how to, you know, they went into that with the first round top 10 quarterback, but they started that season with Eli being the guy. And then they had to shift once they went to Daniel Jones midseason, not exactly midseason, but during the season and tailor the offense to his strengths. And I, you can't exactly say that it panned out for Shermer because he ended up in the unemployment line. The Giants did not win many ballgames, but Daniel Jones certainly looked good in that offense at times was was very good. He was, and I I don't really look at his stats too much, Chad,
2: because a, a lot of that came in garbage time with the Broncos, or excuse me, the Giants, blowing a lot of games, losing a lot of games last year. But you know, his development, I think, as a passer, he got better. He was still a raw prospect coming out of college, and I believe under Shermer's tutelage, uh, he he blossomed as a quarterback, and that's what you want to see, and that's what I'm taking into the Broncos with Drew Locke. The development on a game by game, series by series basis. They're both raw signal callers, and if he has. Uh, success with him. He had success all in his stops. Everywhere he's been, Chad, everywhere he's coached, Pat Shermer's had success with quarterbacks. Not necessarily coaching or play calling, but quarterbacks. So if he can take that to Denver, I'm I'm all
1: for that move. Stu jumps in, one of our Super Chat superstars, with a $10 you, donation on Super Chat, showing Thank the you. love. Each and every pod like he does, Stu. We, we appreciate you so much, Doc. Thank you. means a ton. Chris wants to know, do you think adding a guy like DT in free agency is a wise move? I'm assuming you mean, of course, Demaryius Thomas. He wouldn't cost a lot, and everyone outside of Sutton was inconsistent. We could still draft a wide out, as Schirmer likes to use three consistently. He would also, DT, provide great veteran leadership. Your take for Chris.
2: Uh, no, <laughs> straight up. No, it's not going to happen. I think those bridges were burned, Chad. Same as Emmanuel Sanders. He's not coming back to Denver, and I think he needs to retire. I mean, right after his his departure from the Broncos, he tore his Achilles. And he was in that car accident. He's just meant, I think, to hang it up and move on to the next stage of his life. So not coming back to Denver. I wish DT well. He had his time with the Broncos, but like all good things, it came to an end.
1: James says, Buana B said he's going to donate $100 in my name to pay the bills and get me some of that sweet, sweet swag. <laughs> hey, dude, you know what? We have some – some. it's going to be literally next week sometime. We've been talking about it, and some of you are going, yeah, right, we'll believe it when we see it because we have been talking about it for a long time. But next week, we will have a, an online merch store for the Huddle Up podcast to unveil for you guys. Zach has been working on it. And he sent me a few screenshots of the designs and things he's got up. It's it's exciting. You guys are going to be stoked. And uh, it's coming, Zach. We promise. It's what, I mean, I think next week for sure we yeah. unveil at least. might not be completely full the way it'll end up being, yeah. but a few, few items will be listed for people to just hop on and, and order whatever they want.
2: I was going to say it's not going to be there's so many products we can offer, Chad, and we're going to explore that, you know, for the Broncos fans and for the listeners of the Huddle Up Pod, but uh, I I would say by the mailbag on Thursday we'll have the shop up and running and there's going to be so much merchandise we're going to debut and it's
1: it's really exciting, so just hang in there for that, guys. Zeke Bartles says from Facebook, "Who do you expect Denver to target in free agency?" I think first and foremost, Zach, these guys, this team has to figure out which of their free agents, their own homegrown guys that are going to make a true effort to re-sign. You know, Justin Simmons is at the very top of that list. Then you have to wonder who takes priority. Chris Harris Jr., Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris. Where are the priorities going to lie? But if you're looking on the outside, as far as outside additions to this team, I'm still looking at cornerback. I'm really worried about that. Like Fangio's scheme is very corner and secondary friendly, but this – I mean (sighs) – if Chris Harris ends up bailing, dude, you've got Bryce Callahan, Devontae Bosby, who was very encouraging those first few two games. I should say he appeared in as a, or played starter snaps. Green Bay, then the the yeah Green Bay, the Jags game, and then part of the Chargers, the first Chargers game. He was very encouraging, but you and he says he's 100 healthy for what it's worth. He's already recovered from that neck, but you just don't know how a guy's going to respond after missing that much time and then also that significant of an injury. So I'm looking at Byron Jones, James Bradbury, Logan Ryan sure didn't look too good today in the AFC championship game, but these are all guys who I could really see thriving in Fangio's scheme.
2: Yeah. I'm with you on that quarterback, offensive line, either guard or tackle and uh defensive line. You know, Chris Jones is out there, Akeem Hicks, a lot of defensive linemen on the open market. The Broncos could look to bring in, except for Jones on I'm the I'm the fairly cheap. They can bring back someone like Danny Trevathan at linebacker. They're going to make, I think, a majority of depth moves in free agency and bring back their own guys, Simmons, Wolf, or Harris, and, and just a depth to shore up the roster going into the draft. That way they can take any player they want at 15. They can go best player available, whether that's a wide receiver, whether that's a tackle or a cornerback. I think Elway will set the team up to be the best possible situation by taking care of their
1: not-so-immediate needs, but most of their depth moves because they need help everywhere, Chad on this roster yeah. pretty much. By the way, guys, if you see us looking away from camera while we're talking, we're we're just keeping an eye on this score in the NFC Championship uh-huh. game like I'm sure the majority of you are. It's pretty much done, though. They've already – Fox has already broadcast or, or put graphics up of it. it's going to be Niners-Chiefs. So let's answer Travis's question. Who do uh, you got winning this Super Bowl, Zach? Oh, man. I, gun to my head right now, Chad. Absolute gun to my head.
2: I, I'm taking Mahomes. I, I know it's taboo. I know Broncos fans are X'ing out of the window right now and, and don't want to ever see me again. But I, I just think he's so game plan resistant, and he's he's fallen into holes that Chiefs defense is still susceptible. But you can go down 17-24 nothing as long as you have Pat Mahomes on your team, you can always come back. And I just think. He's playing at a different level right now, and uh, the Chiefs' defense will contain the run, sell out to stop the run, force Garoppolo to beat them. I just think Mahomes will come out on top. I hate to say it, but that's what I'm feeling.
1: Look, you guys got to understand what we're the nature of the question and how we're answering it. We're not saying who do we want to win. I mean, if right. we're gonna put money on the game, if we're betting on this game, both of us are taking the Chiefs. It's hard to see the Niners, co- you know, coming up with a game plan that's going to put the lid on Mahomes and company because. You can get out to a three or four score lead on these dudes in the second quarter. They're just going to turn it on. They're going to see what you do in that first quarter. They're going to Andy Reid's going to make those adjustments. The coaching points are going to come down the line to Mahomes. They're going to go out there and they're just going to turn it around on you and exploit you. Yep. The onus from there is as as a defense, can you counter that counterpunch? And so far, at least in the last little bit, Zach, we just haven't seen anybody do it successfully.
2: Right, and you know, like you said, it's not who we want to win because I think we both want the Niners to win. I just yeah. think that the Chiefs have the advantage. They have a more uh, experienced coach. I just think Mahomes is obviously a better quarterback than Garoppolo right now, and I know the Niners' defense is better, but when you have Pat Mahomes, reigning MVP, a guy who makes throws that no other person on this planet can make,
1: that gives you an advantage for sure. Both Chalice jumps in, a $5 donation on Super Chat. We appreciate you. Do you think Elway will draft Ruggs or uh, Jerry Judy, considering his track record of not targeting Bama players? That's a good point. You know, people keep pointing to uh, Ruggs as a possibility in round one, but Elway still hasn't drafted an Alabama player in nine drafts. So who knows? Now, maybe wide receiver, it's different because even though there's a lot of, you know, tread removed from the tires in terms of a lot of routes run. They work them really hard in Alabama from a wear and tear physically as far as impact and whatnot. It's nowhere near as bad for Alabama wide receivers, Zach, as it would be for trenchmen, linebackers, and running backs.
2: I just remember when the Broncos signed Cyrus Quanjo. We were all celebrating that Elway finally picked up an Alabama pro- product, pro- prospect. That's so my boy, by the way. Yeah, it was your man back then. Yeah, um, Judy, he's a good player, but I don't think it's going to even be a, an option for the Broncos. I'm not going to trade up for him. I don't think he's going to fall to 15. Good wide receiver, but at 15, without giving up more draft picks or capital, I'm good with Chenault or Henry Ruggs, Chad.
1: Ariel jumps in $5 donation on super chat. Thank you. Guys, I love the pod. I'm a hardcore Broncos fan from the Bay Area, and I just cannot wait to do what the Niners are doing next year. Yes, go Broncos. Hey, you can't rule anything out, but when you have a young, talented, traits oriented quarterback like Drew Locke, and you've been stacking wood on the fire through the you know the desert, basically, of, of mm-hmm. being a sub-500 NFL team for the last three seasons. Those, I mean, let's face it, Zach, the 2018 and 2019 draft classes, both of them were home runs. You don't love exactly the way the free agent class turned out for Denver last year. However, by virtue of those two draft classes and the idea that you're expecting Drew Locke, especially to take a leap forward in year two under Pat Shermer, Add in whatever they end up doing in free agency this year in the draft. Yeah, I can see. I mean, I don't want Ariel to get too far out over your skis, but I can really see this team coming from coming out and surprising people and being one of those, you know, worst to first type of teams, not necessarily predicting them, you know, win the AFC West, but that type of a trajectory in 2020.
2: I mean, look what the Niners do, though, their blueprint. They built from within. They drafted well. They have their quarterback of the future, and they have good coaching. The Broncos have drafted well. They they should have their quarterback of the future, and they should have a good coaching staff with Fangio now. So uh, based on that, you can maybe – make a carbon copy of the Niners in a couple years, but this is all a product, like you mentioned, Chad, of the Niners having top-five pick after top-five pick and devoting those into the defensive line, into the trenches. And once you do that, you win from inside out. That's why they're dominating on defense right now, and that's why they made Garoppolo just a a, a guy is handing the ball off. He's a hundred-and-whatever-million-dollar quarterback who barely throws the ball because they don't have to. They can run, they can win up front, they can win on defense, and the Broncos want to play that kind of smash mouth. Uh, system and attack, they can win some ball games next year. But I wouldn't say they're going to be in the Super Bowl. But they can maybe just w- start to win some games like San Francisco has this season.
1: Jacob Smith brings up a, a point here. He says the NFC title game is the who should have been the Broncos' head coach bowl sad face, <laughs> and then he follows that up with uh, Matt Lafleur or Kyle Shanahan should be coaching the Broncos. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I am warming to Fangio after the adversity he endured and the team. Fights for him. The future is bright. Yeah, I mean, either one of those guys could have been an option way back. I don't think there was quite enough body of work on Matt Lafleur when right. the Broncos were hiring in 2017. But the point is still there. I mean, he they, he could have been the hire. So yeah, I mean, it's very much uh, that type of a game here. Let's see. We got we got time for a couple more. Let's grab these super chats. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Duke, the five dollar donation on super chat. He says this Thank reminds you, me. When the Broncos played Seattle, uh, the Seattle offense, BS defense, we know how that turned out. Are you talking, Duke, are you talking about what the Super Bowl is going to be or this NFC championship game? But, yeah, I mean, that Super Bowl 48 was brutal. You had the number one offense of all time going up against one of the top, no matter what you think of them, at least a top ten defense of all time in the Legion of Boom, unstoppable force, boom, and the Broncos were on the losing end of that.
2: Let's just hope the game is a little closer than 43-8, to eight, Chad. It's, it's yeah. got to be a little more competitive than that, but it's a good analogy. I just hope that uh, the two quarterbacks, these two teams, and these two coaching staffs have a really entertaining game because last year's Super Bowl was very, very boring, To I'm sure, to me and a lot of people.
1: Josh jumps in, a $20 donation on Super Thank you, Chat. Josh. Thank you, Josh. That means a ton, bro. Other than Drew Locke, who is the player to watch next year? So assuming it's, of course, we don't know who what the rookie class is going to provide, but and everyone's going to be all eyes on Drew Locke, but Zach, who's the player that's going to emerge and take that quantum leap forward in his second year with the Broncos or third year, whatever it might be. Uh,
2: that's tough. Um, I- I w- I'm going to say Noah Fant, even though Shermer Shermer's offense isn't really, uh, you know, welcoming for tight ends. I just think he has a talent, and he was starting to come on towards the later half of the season. And now that you have a, a more reliable, consistent play caller, now you have Drew Locke starting an entire season, and all this firepower, including what should be a wide receiver too, coming this off season, I'm going to say Noah Fant blossoms into that Pro Bowl level talent the Broncos thought they were getting in the first round last year.
1: Yeah, I mean we've we've. Again, I think there's been a misconception has been created about the tight end position under Shermer. This first string tight end does very well statistically. Go back through anywhere he's been, it bodes well for Noah Fant. It's just the backup guys don't see a lot of snaps, right? You're in a lot of three wides, which means one tight end most of the time and one running back. That one tight end is going to be Noah Fant, and I expect him to take the kind of quantum leap forward in his second year, especially with Shermer in the fold that you saw from Cortland Sutton this past yes. season, Josh jumps in $5 donation on super Maybe chat. Meckey Becton is a six foot seven tackle from Louisville who weighs 369 pounds, but moves wow. like he's three ten. If we don't take rugs, I want that dude. I don't know if you've heard of him. I haven't Josh. I'm, I'm assuming Zach hasn't either, <laughs> but that's a good, uh, that's a good question to save and uh, talk to Eric trickle, Nick, Carl Lance. And we'll see if building the Broncos ends up going live this week. I'm not sure where they are yet what their plan is, but worst case scenario, you're going to have Dove Valley deep divers going live on Saturday at 3 PM mountain. So you can save that question and, and I'll try and send it to them as well. So uh, especially with that super chat donation, we appreciate you, Christy. jumping in. Hope you're feeling better by the way, $5 donation. So consistent. We love you. You guys going to do coverage at the combine again. Last Hopefully. year, Zach and I both traveled to Indianapolis for the scouting combine for now it's a little too early for us to completely um unveil what our plan is for February. But uh let's just say, Zach, it's uh it's in the cards. It's it's possible, very possible. Right.
2: And uh, if we do go and we're not going to, we'll let you guys know every step of the way, but we're going to have some really, really cool content, obviously doing these podcasts and these super chats live from the combine, giving you guys some access they you wouldn't find anywhere else. So like Chad said, we're keeping a little close to the vest for now, but we have some things coming. We will announce it at the appropriate time.
1: Yeah. And if we do go, you guys are coming with us. You're going to yes, be in, right. in our pocket, our phone, just like you are now, everything we do, you're going to have access to that. So it's going to be fun. Xavier jumps in with a $5 donation. If we go defense at pick 15, who would you like to see? What do you think about trading back into late round one for a receiver like Higgins or Uh, Chenault? All right, let me start with the first one. The dream scenario for me at pick 15 would be Jeffrey Okuda. It's not going to happen. He's going to be long gone. The next would be Isaiah Simmons. Not going to happen. He's going to be long gone. From there, it, it starts getting into a back and forth for me. That defensive tackle from South Carolina, Javon Kinlaw, is really interesting to me. I'd love to see him in Fangio's scheme. Uh, the corner from LSU, Christian Fulton's interesting to me. Gladney from TCU. I'm looking at corner or defensive tackle. If I'm going with defensive pick 15, at.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. You named the exact names I was thinking of. But that's why I believe the Broncos, if they want their guy, they have enough capital this year, Chad. They don't have to stay put. They don't have to trade back like last year. They have 12 or will have 12 total draft picks. They want to move up to 10 or 9. They can do that and get their guy they want. But if they go defense, I'm right there with you. Akuda or Simmons are my top two.
1: I just don't foresee unless they get offered a King's Ransom and it's maybe future picks or something. I just I have a hard time seeing them trading back this year in stockpiling picks because as Zach said 12 selections in a draft it's a lot it's a lot of uh, selections and five of those being in the top 100 suffice to say the Broncos are going to be able to make some hay Duke jumps back in five dollar donation he says this reminds me oh I already grabbed this one sorry Duke thank you brother appreciate you I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody from super chats here nope I almost did there was Duke and then we got Geo and Steven and then we got to get out of here guys $5 donation on Super Chat. You. Look forward to many years of Locke versus Mahomes. What do the Broncos need to do to stop Mahomes and win those games? Man, you know, if we had the answer for that... <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this right now. We, we'd have all 31 teams in the NFL knocking on our door to try and figure that out. But that's that's not a cop-out, Gio. That's not us trying to avoid the, the answer. I mean, I think if you're looking at how the Broncos can catch up quickest to the Chiefs, it comes by... Becoming a prolific offense in their own right. You got to yes. get locked going. You got to be able to go blow for blow with these guys. Offensively, it comes down to corners and it comes down to pressure. Can you create pressure on Mahomes? And do you have guys who can cover? That's really what it boils down to. But at the end of the day, Mahomes is going to find a way to just get past it. He's going to put points on the board. You might slow him down. Like even Vance Joseph. Look, we've clowned on Vance Joseph many times, including on this podcast. But dude, he. Found an answer for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in 2018. The Broncos lost both those games by a single score and almost had them beat. I mean, they had them beat in the game in Denver that year. Thanks, Casey. Does not wildly <laughs> overthrow Demary a wide open Demaryius Thomas down the right sideline late in the fourth quarter. Broncos win that game. My point being, though, that look, that was the 2018 Broncos. The right game plan. You, you turn the corner with the offense. All things are possible. That.
2: Yeah, you took the words right from me, Chad. There's no stopping Mahomes. As the NFL has seen in these playoffs, you can fall down into a 17 hole. You can get up on him by 24 points. There's no stopping him. You can only hope to contain him. And the Broncos have the defense. They have the horses to contain Mahomes. But like Chad said, they have to have the offense to go blow for blow. They have to have the offense to match those points to get into the 24, 28 point range. That is how you beat the Chiefs. You're never going to hold Mahomes to two field goals and, and beat him 9-6. But you can beat him 28-24, You know, 30-20, If you get to that level, what the quarterback and lock develops, you can take
1: down Kansas City starting next year. Steve jumps in with a $2 donation on Super Chat. Sorry I'm late. Hey, dude, that's probably our fault. We're the ones that initially tweeted earlier today that we were going to go at 8 Mountain, 10 Eastern. So that's probably our fault, but we're glad to have you. All right, Zach, I want to grab two more questions, non-Super Chat. Just let's rapid fire these bad boys, and then we'll get out of here from Jordan on YouTube. Is the Chiefs making the Super Bowl a good motivating factor for the Broncos to train extra hard this offseason, knowing the competition in the division?
2: Uh, quick answer. If they need that to be motivated, Chad, they should be embarrassed for themselves. They just shouldn't need the Chiefs making the Super Bowl to be to train hard this offseason. I'm sure they want to uh, get to where the Chiefs are right now, but they have plenty of motivation coming off. How many playoff-less seasons in a row now? Four? So plenty enough. Yeah.
1: But, you know, it's, it's another piece to – You know, it adds a layer on in terms of, yeah. I mean, they're just seeing to see a division rival win at all. If that's indeed what ends up happening for the Chiefs, I mean, yeah, that's that's a motivating factor. If you are a competitor, that's something that's going to kind of irk you. You know, help and kind of take your nose back to the grindstone, keep grinding here, Larry. Last one, guys. Then we got to go. Could the Broncos look to possibly trade for Le'Veon Bell? I've seen that the Jets were going to be open to moving him. Now that's a you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, we've heard a lot about, especially on building the Broncos and Dove Valley Deep Divers, about how the Pat Shermer offense demands a well-rounded back who can not only catch the ball with his hands, but split out wide run routes, a reliable receiver out of the backfield, as much as a dynamic runner of the football between and outside the tackles. Le'Veon Bell fits that bill to a T He's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. And he'd be expensive, not only from right. a salary perspective, but from a compensation perspective in the trade. So I'm not sure I would really want to sign off on that myself.
2: I hate this idea. You have Philip Lindsay, who is a capable runner in his own right. He's going to have to have a big contract in a few years, maybe even this offseason, Chad. So why would you pay Levy on Bell and then have to pay Lindsay on top of that? You have to get a pass catching back. Lindy's going to work on that in the offseason. You can draft a guy, but Le'Veon Bell, he brings uh, injury concerns. He brings age, like Chad said, and he brings a not so creative an attitude into the locker room. And we always talk about it, but they don't need these fiery mercurial personalities. They just need to be establishing one culture. And I believe Le'Veon Bell would undo some of that. They don't need any of those cancer uh, personalities in the locker room. I would
1: say far, far away from Le'Veon. There you have it, you guys. Hey, We got to get out of here for now. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. The NFC title game, it was a blowout. So we said, ah, screw it. Let's just go live an hour early. And I'm glad we did. Here we are, 46 minutes, almost 47 into this broadcast. And it's been a phenomenal conversation with you guys. As always, we appreciate each and every one of you for peeling off some time to spend with us and contributing to the conversation. Guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and of course, my partner in crime here, Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned because we're going to be back in the saddle tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, our usual time, simulcasting on all of our social media platforms. So until then, Zach, have a great uh, end to your weekend, my brother. You as well, Chad. We'll have a uh, two weeks to look forward to the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco Niners <laughs> in the Super Bowl. So, anyway, go Niners, right? Go Niners for this one. But, uh, anyway, for Zach Caliberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night, 6 Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
0: por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar, válido para un producto de igual o menor valor.